welcome to St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Saratoga Springs, New York, where we are gathered by God to share the love of Jesus. Here is this week's message from Pastor Adam Wiegand. Grace and mercy and peace to all of you, from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, I have to confess that there was a bit of trauma as I prepared this sermon. I went back to elementary school to Emanuel Lutheran School in Patchogue, New York, and the great field that we had out behind the school where you played kickball at recess. As you can tell, I have significant athletic prowess. And in those days, that prowess was recognized by being consistently the last guy chosen for the kickball teams. I waited along the fence, waiting, just begging for somebody to call me before the person that had like sprained ankles. But they never did. They never did. I waited on that fence, waiting to get on the team. And you could see uh, the faces of the captains, exactly how they felt me. And choosing this guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. <sighs> I guess I'll take Adam. And the way it went uh, in elementary school with kickball is exactly how it went in junior high and high with my romantic pursuits. As you can tell, I am quite the catch. And so all of the girls in Suffolk Lutheran School in St. James, New York, uh, they said uh, no uh, to all of my advances to say, would you like to go to the movies? Would you even look at me? No, the answer was. So I understand a little bit about rejection, and I bet you do too. Maybe it's job offers. Maybe it's being turned down, cut from a team. Maybe it's a neighbor that you had appealed to. You brought cakes and brownies over when they came in and you never heard from them again. Or maybe it was fill in the blank. You know what it means when someone turns their back and says no. Or so begrudgingly accepts you that you know that that's not where their heart is. Jesus talks about rejection in today's gospel. He's talking to the chief priests. These are the people who are in charge of the temple worship there in Jerusalem. And he's also speaking to the scribes, the people who are responsible for conveying the word of God from generation to another. They're in their home court in the temple and the beginning of his ministry at the end of his ministry. This was just as he was preparing to go to the cross. And so as he was teaching, not only the chief priests and the scribes, there were also disciples there. Disciples who were hearing Jesus, some of them perhaps for the first time, others that had been following him around for three years, wherever he was going. And definitely those people that we would eventually call the apostles were with him at that point in time. And he was telling this parable because of a problem of acceptance and rejection. Jesus has a habit of accepting people that others reject. He's done it a number of times. Look, your teacher eats with tax collectors, you, and sinners. And that you should put in air quotes because what he's talking about is prostitutes. And Jesus went on to tell the parable of the prodigal son. Last week, we looked at that. But here, he's not talking about exactly his accepting love, but the lack of accepting love on the parts 
of the chief priests and the scribes. And I won't go through the parable point by point again, but you get the basic gist. The vineyard owner brought in some tenant farmers who were able to enjoy the fruits of that land for the rental cost of some of that to go back to the owner. It's a pretty decent arrangement. And so when the time came, that's exactly what happened. The landlord asked for his rent. And he sent not one, not two, but three emissaries, all of whom came home or didn't, brutal, beaten and brutalized with a big fat rejection letter. Then he says, I know what I'll do. I'm going to send my son who carries my authority. I'm going to send somebody that can help them see what's going wrong here. But there was something that went wrong in the tenant farmers' minds. They said, we know what we did with servant number one and servant number two and servant number three. What kind of idiot is this landowner that he would send a son? I know what we're going to do. We're going to deprive him of an heir. So then this land that we don't want to be taxed on becomes ours. And so what do they do? They don't just treat him shamefully. They throw him out of the vineyard that's his and kill him. When Jesus was saying this, he was looking directly at the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, chief priests, and said, you know, you guys are doing this effectively. And they perceived, bright bulbs that they were, that he was telling this parable against them. And he had them thinking about the prophets who went before. Had them thinking about the Son of Man and his messages that he'd been for three years bringing to them. And the way they kept throwing it away. When it comes down to the message of Jesus, we really do have two choices. One is to receive it, kind of the way our kids received their very precious stones, <laughs> or reject it. Now, there are lots of ways of receiving it. Sometimes it's a lukewarm reception. Other times it's wholeheartedly. There are parables about that too. And there are lots of ways of rejecting it by ignoring it, by twisting it, by taking it and saying it doesn't apply. But really, there are just two camps, accepted and rejected. And Jesus says, listen, your rejection has consequences. And that's a message that we need to hear today ourselves. We get messaging all the time from everywhere. There has never been a generation so brutalized by media and messaging and advertising and all of these things. It just comes from every direction. There's no surprise that people are taking tech vacations where they take their phone and turn it off and put it in a drawer to go back to the days when we weren't interrupted and having our attention drawn aside to something else. But that's just creating some space. Because nature abhors a vacuum, and Satan takes advantage of one. 
if we're tuning out the messages that we don't need to hear, we ought to tune into the ones that we do need to hear. And this is the message that we do need to hear. It's that in addition to there being a rejected stone, that it's so easy to turn aside from the message of God. There is an accepted stone. The kids heard it and we prayed about it. How Christ our Lord was himself rejected. Not just by the chief priests and the scribes and various disciples of his. He ultimately was rejected by the Father. There on the cross, he had these words. My God, my God, why have you, what? You could just substitute rejected. My God, why have you rejected me? If there's ever been one who should not have been rejected, whose message should have been heard, read, marked, learned, and inwardly digested, it's his. But the father eventually turned his back on Jesus and gave him the worst kind of rejection notice ever, allowing him to die under the weight of sins. And the thing that I want you to hear and to hear clear and to take with you home is this rock-solid truth, is that that happened because of our rejection. Jesus became a porous living stone. And he absorbed into his own body all of the rejection of the scribes and the teachers of the law and the chief priests. He absorbed into his body the rejection that Adam and Eve start us down this path. He bore up under the rejection of all of the ways that we minimize God's effect in our lives, all of the ways that we turn aside, everything that we confess just now, and everything that we will confess until the end of our life, and everything that went before us, and everything that will come after us until the day he returns. Jesus, the rock, absorbed into himself, and the Father rejected him because of it. But that sacrifice was an acceptable sacrifice. It was something that God said, this worked. Everything that the chief priests and the scribes thought that they brought to the table as good was rubbish. Just like Ashley read, I have counted all things as rubbish for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. They wouldn't know him. And because they wouldn't know him, they missed him. You are accepted because he was rejected, but God the Father accepted his sacrifice on your behalf and risen from the dead. This living stone now lives in you, and you build your faith on the rock of him. That's why we make space in silence to turn off some of the messaging that we hear from this world so that we can hear this message and read and mark and learn and inwardly digest the fact that he is the rock of our lives. Solid, reliable. You can count on his promises. You can count on his presence. It isn't like the world gives to us 
Christ gives us peace. Therefore, we cannot let our hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. We're going to wrap up the sermon with words that Peter, whose name literally means rock, Peter, the one upon whose confession of Jesus he was going to build his church, these are words from 1 Peter, and I'd ask that you speak them with me. We'll do it twice so they have a chance of percolating from our brains and our mouths down into our hearts. These are instructive words. What are we supposed to do about all of these rejections? What are we supposed to do when our faith is shaken and it's standing on shifting sand rather than the solid rock? What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to know? Let's say it together. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You and what you do in faith, your pursuit of God in reading his word, your dependence on God in calling on him in prayer, your love of God as you come to receive him in his body and blood, your identity in God as you celebrate your baptism of who he has named and claimed you to be. You are doing rock-like things, acceptable stone things in your life. God is at work in you, bringing about that which is pleasing to him. So don't let the lies of Satan distract, dissuade, or turn you aside from the truths that Christ the living stone has said about you. Your reliance is not on you. It's not about your strength, not about your wisdom, not about your goodness, not about your generosity. It's not about you. It's about him, the living stone. Let's say it one more time. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may our spiritual sacrifices be acceptable in the sight of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church, please visit spalutheran.org. God's blessings to you. Go in peace and serve the Lord.